0: welcome to the wizard king podcast this is your host zico thank you if this is your first time welcome if your second time watching this because it's the second episode thank you for coming back and checking me out and listening to the nonsense that i have to say no just kidding um but uh yeah so i got another exciting episode for you guys here a couple topics that's uh been on my mind this week um and actually something that came up during the conversation that I thought about. And something that the country, definitely the country, not only... Well, yeah, of course the country, but then also um, uh, also Christendom, I guess, if that's a thing. Uh, if that's the right way of saying it. Um, also something that's suffering in the community of believers that seeped in. And that was actually um, something that was uh, prophesied in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Chapter four, I believe, but um, this is uh, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna start off. We're gonna talk about trust. Trust. Oh boy, the big old scary word. The boogeyman. Everything that everybody, like a lot of people. I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people is afraid of of the of trust in a sense. Not really the word, but what it calls them to to do you know like to trusting in others you know um like the famous one of the one of the famous things uh I, I think well not famous but popular terms that you hear a lot nowadays is. is trust no man or I have trust issues and so these are well these are two things but and there's so many other ways of saying so many other different variations of saying that basically. But basically, we're we're in a culture now now where um, trust is is uh, too is given less, and and skepticism and um, all these different things are, are are amplified and focus on self. Uh, Self love and all these different things. Which self love in itself, the term is not a bad thing, because when you love yourself, there's a chapter in uh, the Twelve Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson that talks about, um, you know, treat yourself in a great way because because you treat others in this, you treat others the way you treat yourself. Trust is something that's definitely required and needed for a society to like be great. I mean, if you look at (laughs) back when the the founding fathers of America, when they signed, when they did the Declaration of Independence and and the Constitution was created and drafted, um, you know, there was, they trusted each other and they put their signatures, like, their word meant something. Their signatures on this piece of paper meant something. And because of that, I mean, look at what America has become. 2020, uh, we're in 2022. Um, but <laughs> look at what America has become, right? Like, this wouldn't have been possible if these crazy kooks back in 1776 didn't trust each other when signing the Declaration of Independence. Then let's take it to like the church, you know, for those that don't believe in God, or you could check out for like a minute, you know. But for those that do, Trust is is a requirement. Like all over the scriptures, you see God calls us to trust. Trust in Him. Trust in in His Word. Trust in in, trust in those around you that also believe in Him. There's so much different ways. It's like, hey, tr- don't trust in yourself, because well, inherently, when we say we don't trust others, we're, we're like, either we're like. Say, oh, I got this. I, I know everything. Well, I don't need anybody's help. Or you're, or you're so fearful of being hurt because you have been hurt in the past. And so now you're like, no, 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 I'm blocked off. And I think now what I want to do with this is basically what I want to do with this part of the episode is basically kind of elaborate on the word trust and and look at it in the way, cor- like the correct way it should be applied, the most beneficial way um, that can be applied where instead of causing you more harm, then you can take it and understand, okay, this is the correct way that I should apply trust in my life. And this is the, the direction. So it can lead you to be a, a healthier version of yourself. And and also create an environment because of you now applying it in this way. Also create a healthy environment around you. Those around you. You know, you look at the scriptures in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You know, like, like love always trust. Mm, and that's a hard one for some, uh, some of us married folk. Because, you know, marriage is, is, uh, can have its hard times, ups and downs, just like anything hard in life. Marriage is it's probably one of the toughest things in this life um, at times. Just because of the trust. And then, you know, that, that 1 Corinthians 13 scripture is... Whew, dagger to the heart. But um, also, you know, there's other scriptures that, that talk about this. But not trusting others is a 100% way of also becoming isolated, of becoming alone. You know, you could, and then you could become, it's, it leads into bitterness and all these different things. And your perception starts to be, uh, your perception of others starts to be skewed. Because now you're around others less. You're interacting with others less. And Now you become more of a skeptic. Now everybody is an enemy, and it just starts to build, and all these other things that that we wouldn't just naturally think what would, what would come of it of not trusting somebody, of not trusting anybody. Um, it, all these other things come with it. It's kind of like it's kind of like a semi truck. You know, trust is like the the uh, the semi truck, and then the trailer. There's all these other byproducts. <laughs> you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's basically so so and those are just some of the things that come comes from it, you know, um but you know, in that scripture I referenced earlier, uh the first scripture I referenced was in um actually first Timothy chapter four. I was totally wrong. Second Timothy chapter three. And you know and it talks about this. It talks, hey, in 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 verse two, it says people will be lovers of themselves, lover of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, blah 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 blah. But these are all byproducts of the lack of trust. Remember, love always trusts. Yeah. So in Second Timothy chapter three, it says it starts that off. People will be lovers of themselves. Easy, and then it goes into lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. All these different aspects. Some of these aspects are not directly related to not trusting others, but most of these are. It's 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 very hard to trust somebody, uh, to not trust somebody, and then to also to forgive them. How can you forgive somebody that? It's it's hard. Not, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's, it's it's very hard. And so, you know, there's so many reasons why we shouldn't trust others, right? But let's not focus on the reasons why we shouldn't trust. Let's actually focus on why we should trust. Because those outweigh, whether you believe me or not, they outweigh the reasons not to trust others. So if you even look at some scientific articles, let's look at some... or not scientific, not all of them are scientific, but there's an article... There's a couple articles that I want to look at real quick, that, that just talk about the benefits of trust. So even if you, you're not like uh, you're like ah this this has nothing to do with me. You know I don't believe in God anyway. Like what we'll just well no no. N- people that don't like this applies to people, whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God. Like trust is the foundation. If you look if you go down to, if you're a driver you have a driver license. You stop at a red light. You trust that the person behind you is gonna stop at that red light, or you probably wouldn't be driving. Now, are there the one you know the out of the ninety nine percent of driving is that it does that happen where somebody rear ends another person at a red light or a park or I parked in a parking lot, whatever it is, does that happen? Yes, it happens. There's always going to be those exceptions. That's just the way it is. But for the most part, you can trust and believe that just like you're obeying the traffic signal lights, the traffic signs, the law of the the road, so is everybody else on the road. Now, if you go to another country, that's a totally different thing. Like, for example, my home country, well, not my home country, I was born here, but my parents' home country, Haiti. Uh, the traffic signals recommendation Yeah, but we're not gonna go down <laughs> into that um, But let's look at this first article this article that I'm gonna post down in the description box It starts off with you know the the, the some of the benefits of not of distrusting The cons or what can happen from distrust. but let's focus on the part where it talks about the benefits of trusting so it has three different categories it focuses on there are many benefits, but the three different categories been, they focus on. And that's bonding, changing minds, society. So let's look, just look at the changing minds part. Let's read that out. Let's read that. Whether you are closely bonded with another person or simply have gained a certain amount of trust, you will find it far easier to influence them and to change their mind. Trust is effectively the gateway to persuasion. If you do not Have the trust of of the other person, then they will not really listen to you or consider your persuasive arguments, whether you're wrong or right. Now, we already see, and most people see that are that are logical or just even tempered and are paying attention that this right here, the lack, there's a lack of this right here, the ability to have conversations, to persuade, to to have conversations where you can persuade the other person. Possibly with your ideas, maybe you guys come in not really agreeing on a certain topic, but then you sit down, you talk about that topic, you give your 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 side, they give the other side, and then from there on in the conversation, you can find the holes in your um in your belief. You can find the whole You'll find the holes in theirs probably as well, most likely, because you can focus on that. But you can find the holes where you're wrong, where they're right, and then you can actively change your idea because we're able to because we're human beings. That's the way God made us. That's the way we're made if you don't believe in God. Hmm. We have the ability to change from a persuasive... With, with, with because of facts and but just because from talking to other people not yelling not not calling them names but just talking. This is... And so the, how does this lead... To a greater society. Well, let's look at what they write here. Society at large also benefits from trust, which is sometimes called social capital. It's very interesting. This this article was written back in 2010, but I found it very good, very beneficial. In a healthy financial economy, there is plenty of cash circulating. In the same way, in a healthy society, there is plenty of trust and people feel safe and comfortable, even in the company of strangers. You know, with the, with the rise of fear-mongering, like, look, there's different... There's definitely... Especially after the pandemic and, like, what's happened in different cities. Look at New York. That's probably one to be talked... It's easy to talk about it because there's so many people talk about it. The difference. Talk about the difference from pre-pandemic to post-pandemic. Um, like, the condition of some of the cities and, like, how there's more homeless and how aggressive and how much of more violence... Uh, It's also happening in uh, San Francisco, where, um, I mean, people are writing notes on their windshields begging thieves not to break into their car, like, hey, or not to bust their windows to get their money. People are leaving their windows down. People that that leave the the notes are saying, hey, I'm a a single parent of of three, four kids. Like, I I don't have enough money to fix a broke window. Please don't smash my window. The doors are open. Like, this is insane, right? This is insane. But if you look at, especially the power of media, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get into the media space. Um, with the ability of YouTube, it provides it for everybody, and it's great. And different, there's other different outlets too, but this is, is really great that I have this opportunity. But we have, like, this is what I think media contributes to this. Mainstream media contributes to this so much. So, what's the, the, uh, the temperature? I guess, or the, I can't find, I can't think of the, the word, but the temperature of just the nation, the United States right now, is in right now. You know, we're at each other's throats. Like, literally. It doesn't make sense. We're not sitting down to have, the, like, there's some people that sitting down to the dialect, or, I'm sorry, some people sitting down and having dialogues and, and, and figuring things out and changing their mind, but it's becoming less and less popular to do that and more popular to call somebody give them a name you're in this group we don't want to hear from you that's it we're becoming less trusting of each other you know even in another article that I found in the article this is actually this is a article that was that was published a version of this was published in the Harvard Business Review in 2017 Um, it was written by Paul uh, Zach, and it and this one focuses on the neuroscience of trust and, and what it does. And I'm not gonna read the whole article to you, just like I didn't read that last article. But I will put the link down below in the description box if you want to take a look at take a quick look at it. Um, this one is very very good because now this one focuses more on the business environment, but it's not much different from a family, from interacting with, from your friends, you know, different group, whatever group you're part of. Um, it's, it's, it's still the same um, basical, basic foundational uh, theory like or teaching like that you need basic fi- f- basic fundamental concept that can be applied to whether you're this is business environment, your family environment, group environment whatever it is it can be applied. So he goes into he starts off with a few things but this is a part of there's a couple parts of the article I want to really focus on. So if you scroll down, it says, um, leaders understand, leaders of big businesses, CEOs, understand the stakes, at least in principle, of, of the lack of trust and what it can do to their environment. I kind of rephrase that. And how it can cause their organization not to grow, right? But most have done little to increase trust, mainly because they aren't sure where to start. So then he, about a decade ago, in an effort to understand how company culture affects performance, he began measuring the brain activity of people while they work. The neuroscience experiments he ran reveal eight ways that leaders can effectively create and manage a culture of trust. I'll describe those strategies and explain them. Explain them and I'll just give you, quickly give you the title of, of them and we'll, and we'll look at that. But he, he looked at what's happening in the brain, Right. And so one of the parts, when you look at here, and this is from back in 2001, he derived the mathematical relationship between trust and economic performance, you know, and how trust creates and promotes growth in the economy, how distrust does the reverse. And so it's, it's very interesting. So there's the eight, so the eight different things that he broke it down to was show vulnerability, vulnerability, facilitate whole person growth, share information broadly, enable job crafting, give people discretion on how they do their work, and induce challenge stress, which are the eight things right here that he broke down when it comes to businesses. But even if you just look at, let's, let's just look at vulnerability because I think that one is applicable in so many different facets of life. You know, without the ability to be vulnerable to a certain extent, of course, there's different levels of vulnerability that you, that needs to be applied to, you know, whether you're at home or whether you're at work or, you know, so, but, and also in the church, without that level, like this is focusing on that part, without that level of vulnerability, without the ability to do that, become more closed off, you feel like people know you less. They don't understand you, and so you start it goes back to what we were saying earlier, you become more isolated, because oh, they're not going to understand me. So it just, it just leads to all these negative ways of thinking and living, and it can create it can create a, 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 we're, we're very big right now in talking about mental health and all that. Well talk about a great negative towards your mental health, something that can negatively affect you. So, let's look at the, the definition of trust, which I should, probably should have trusted with earlier. But the definition of trust means assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. One in which confidence is placed. Why do I share the definition? It's very important that, that, that and I'm going to place it here on the screen, but it's very important that you understand what trust means. Because we could put our own definitions. No, no, no. Let's look at the word. This is what I'm talking about. And so... Going into this, a lot of people think they equate trust to being gullible. Ah, wrong. You've 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 incorrectly used trust in a way I don't even know how to say that the best way, but you haven't been using trust in the correct way. So yes. So trust does not equal gullible. Here's the thing with trust. You apply it, so remember the definition that says, you know, a um, surety relies on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something, right? And so, when you come, when it comes to applying trust to other ones, especially those that are close to you, um, it requires a little bit of character on your part. You got to know, and what I mean, what I mean by that is. You have to go in knowing, or if you don't know the person, then you're gonna you are going to you are going in and you're making a decision to allow the person to prove to you that they are untrustworthy. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you go and put yourself uh in unsafe conditions. Like, come on, guys, it's, we all have we all have are have the ability to use logic to think. If something seems dangerous, like a situation, we know to go the opposite way or to get away from it. And we all have that basic instinct. At least most of us should. Especially, I know women do. Um, Like, off rip. But what I'm saying is regular, which is most regular interactions, you know, natural interactions with people. We go in, we first go in trusting the individual and allowing them to prove to you that they are untrustworthy in whatever you give them. When you give them this... Uh, when you Let's say you're giving them a project. so Or you're asking them to do something for you. You come in there and you give them the exact things you expect from them. You let them know what you expect of them. Usually in that conversation... If you lay out what you expect, so most of the time people be like, well, I don't know about this, I don't know that. Right then and there, you know, hey, maybe, maybe this person is not the right person for whatever you're trying to instill on in them, whatever project you're trying to give them. When it comes into relationships, you, you, <laughs> this is not a popular thing, but this is something, I mean, the Bible doesn't talk much about dating and all that, but there's different principles that we can strip from, like, extract from the Bible, and and we can apply it to that part. But you go on dates with this person. That doesn't mean you sleep with them. That doesn't mean you any physical intimacy, which is harder these days because of Tinder and the way the culture is going and the, the freedom, um, w- w- freedom of, uh, of women, women's rights movements and things like that. Um, but you, <laughs> the best way for, for the most healthiest way. For most people that desire not to be hurt by others and to also build your ability to trust others is by going in and having standards or character that you go by and then seeing whether that person meets that standard. Now I'm not talking about high value men and all that stuff. I'm not going into that jazz. I'm just talking about someone who is Trustworthy. Someone that you know that's not going to hurt you or it t- intentionally try to hurt you. But it takes time. You got to talk to people. You got to figure them out. You got to get them in different environments around your friends, around close family, whatever it is. But that's the only way you'll be able to determine if you can trust this person or not. That's just the only way. Is through different interactions. Think about it. Let's take down like the like if you look at the greatest countries. Let's look at United States. This was one of the greatest countries for a long time. Why? I started off earlier. I, I mentioned it earlier because they started off trust on this Declaration of Independence, this document, the Constitution. What, what? What is like they signed their names on this paper, but they yet they trusted each other. Each individual trusted that they would follow this and so this nation was built off of trust in a in a document was there crime involved over the last 200 odd years whatever or 300 years no yeah 200 whatever years since the country's been established yes you know why cuz there's people like me like you in this country human beings this we're just that's just what we do is there's certain amount of human beings that are not able to deny themselves of committing a crime a horrendous crime like murder or rape or whatever it be and so they do that but that's why we have these established laws for these you know for these instances when this appears but for the most part this this lack of trust and this this growth the grow like the growth of fear and selling fear and doing all these different things like it's it's tearing us apart and it's really destroying the country. Great countries are made of great families great countries are like the 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 fabric of a great country are great families so if you look at the fat the 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 um, found it like the, found fa- the family. You know, mother, dad, um, of mother, father, son, daughter, whatever. It's great. like what creates that family. What's in that family? It starts off with the the heads of that family. So the father and the mother coming together, trusting each other, applying trust to their children. So now they have a a, 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 a culture of trust. But also learning how to apply trust to others, understanding boundaries, understanding that you have to have respect and character for yourself, and then apply that same standard character, respect to others, and expect it. And if they don't meet that criteria, they don't meet that expectation, then you know from that, okay, this person is here for now. It's because some people, we grow, we change. And so over time, that person may have to earn more of your trust, but that doesn't mean you totally just, um, d- you know, not trust them, or you just understand. Okay, they can't be trusted with this right now. They only can be trusted with this because their maturity level is here. But this is the process. It starts in the family. Then let's take it. Let's take it to the church. Now I mentioned a few scriptures earlier. You cannot confess your sins in James five sixteen. It calls us to confess our sins to each other. How can you confess a sin to somebody that you don't trust? Who are you? How are you going to tell somebody your your things that you're struggling with? Some maybe a mistake you made, a thought, a evil thought you had, if you can't trust them? It's impossible. Then in Galatians six two it talks about spur one another on. How can you encourage or spur somebody on if you don't trust them? How can you trust with that? If somebody's trying to spray you on, how can you trust what they're saying is true? If you haven't, if you don't want to trust anybody, if you don't want to apply that trust, people can encourage you all day, all night, but the tr- it won't seep in, it won't go in, it won't do nothing for you because you don't trust them. Let's go even further. Now we took it from the family. Now let's take it. Let's take it personal. You will not. Now this is specifically those that believe in God and that consider themselves Christian disciples or wanna be a Christian. You will not last as a Christian unless you make conscious choice, unless you make a conscious choice to trust other people. Think about it. Ultimately, how can you say you trust God but not trust the people that you can physically see standing, walking, talking around you? But God is an invisible being and you trust him. Make that make sense. It's impossible. But yeah, all of the scriptures say, Hey, trust God, trust God, trust God. And I'm telling you, if you look at that, how can you trust it says in Jesus was talking and said, How can you um or I don't know if it was Jesus but it was a quote. Scriptures and and and, and people speaking is mixing up in my head right now, but uh, if it is a scripture, I'll put it here. Um, but it talks about this quote or the scripture. It talks about, hey, how can you love God but not love those that you can see? How can you say, hey, I, I'm a good person. I do all this. I do all that. But I'm good because, like, this is, none of it makes sense. If you think about it. If you break it down all the way to its foundation. Trust requires action. First Corinthians 13 says, Love, always, trust. And then it says also, God is love. Which is very interesting. God placed you in the situation that you're in. He placed you in the environment that you're in. Not so you can get stuck. Not so you can re- be woe is me. And not so you can go into these negative places of thinking where you're like, No, I can't trust nobody. But he placed us in that situation for a reason. If you break it all the way down, that's that it comes down to a decision. A decision to start trusting others the same way you would want others to trust you. Now you may have this issue. You may project your lack of trusting others because you don't even trust yourself. There's a lot of times people project certain insecurities that they have of themselves onto others. And if that is who you are and you're like, man, you know, that's me. I just don't really trust myself. I don't trust my own word. You know what's great? You can start right now. You can say, you know, I'm going to make a decision to, to keep my word. And through keeping my word to myself. I'm going to build trust with myself. And that will inert. Like the byproduct of that is trusting others. It just it's just going to happen. I promise you. The way you treat yourself is the way you will treat others. You always hear the saying, hurt people, hurt people. This is the same concept. Treat yourself the way you want to be trusted. think I'm done with my little rant. But this is the important of trust. Trust is so important. Anyway, let's jump into another thing, right? So I was listening to um to this concept of of the man. I was talking to um a good friend of mine and you know, we all have this concept of the man. The man, the boogeyman, especially in the black culture here in America. And um for a lot of us it's it's Put an invisible ceiling onto us. Keeping us from growing. Keeping us from, from going after things. Keeping us from achieving and becoming. Or really becoming a better, greater man. Becoming our full potential of ourselves. Think about this. Where is the man? Who is the man? Is it a white person? The white person across the street? Or the one next to you in your apartment building? Oh, the one you work with. Is it that man? Is it that white man? Or woman? Whatever the way you look at it. Who is this man? Is it the government? Guys, we are... If you look at your situation... Let me let me actually share my, my parents and how I'm even here saying this to you, right? My parents are Haitian. They were born in Haiti. They came here because my grandpa came he we weren't living in New York first, but he came, then my, but then my dad and my mom, and then the rest of my, uh, like my uncle and all that. They came. Why did they leave Haiti? Because they seen the opportunity of coming here and being able to build something for yourself, create something for yourself, create a legacy they didn't have this concept of the man so i didn't grow up with it so my dad instilled that same thing into me he expected me to do great things to do better than him always that was his thing's that like, you got you're going to do it. not you got to but he it was like you're going to he was always encouraging me always pushing me always helping me to do better i remember even when i graduated my my engineering degree a few uh a few years ago he <laughs> He he said, all right, now, business ownership. What? <laughs> always pushing me. Always encouraging me. But he never, it's not like they were blind to racism and stuff, like certain prejudices that existed. Really it was prejudices because, you know, nobody ever touched them or anything like that here in America. Um, but they did see experience certain prejudices. Pre- I don't even know if that's a word. But they did experience prejudice here uh in America, but what was interesting also is this is a side note <laughs> when we first moved from New York to Florida, their best friends were white, you know, and so it was interesting, but they experienced prejudice not just from white people but from all different different cultures. I remember in high school Haitians was the used to be uh butt of the like the butt of the joke basically. You know, like, if you were Haitian, you were you were basically uh, laughed at. Like, you're Haitian? I remember, I remember, uh, I used to, hide. I was so afraid. I remember, uh, oh man, when was it? It was 10th grade maybe, I don't even remember. But one of my good friends at the time, he was half Jamaican, half Haitian. And um and I remember when you told me that, and then I started telling people that when they would ask me. Just so I wouldn't be made fun of. You're probably like, look, you, you, you um, you're shameful, you're a disgrace. You know, I, I mean, I'll take it, you know. At that time, that's I I was looking to survive. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. But the whole point of it is, I bring that up is. Because I didn't have this concept of the man, I didn't have this invisible invisible ceiling, and there's no doubt in my mind I could do whatever I want. The only person that could stop me, or thing, or or force that can stop me, and my and my belief is God. And if if He's like, hey, you're not going this way, you're going this way. There's nothing I can do about it. He created me. You know what I mean? If He has a certain direction, and some people believe in um that there isn't free will. I don't I don't believe that because the Bible says we have free will, but um. But yeah, that's the only thing, force, that can, that I believe can stop me. As long as I'm fighting to do good, right? Because then if I'm trying to do crime and stuff like that, then of course there's cops and all that, and uh, uh, laws and all that established for, for criminals. The concept of the man, the boogeyman, the invis- this invisible man, the government, whatever the way you see it, is stopping you. If you really believe in it, it's stopping you from really growing and becoming the individual you are meant to become Do you hear me? You're placing yourself in a victim state. And as a victim, you're giving your you're handing the power over from you to that invisible thing let take the concept of... of the, it it kind of goes into this thing that a lot of religious people do now. It's like, oh, the devil. The devil, oh, the devil, the devil, the devil. No, nah, don't get me wrong. The devil has been around for a while. You know, he's Lucifer. He, I mean, come on. He was the morning star. He was God's, like, uh, one of God's high, top angels at one point, you know? Um, so I get it. But I truly believe you know like in the scriptures in Ephesians it talks about you know don't give the devil a foothold um like like by going to sleep angry wait so you mean if i don't go to sleep angry i don't give the devil a foothold and then it says somewhere else that he's like a, a lion waiting to devour he's he's like a lion prowling around w- waiting to devour somebody a christian or somebody that believe like anybody really but this is talking to Christians in that in that scripture when when it was, written, it was talking to believers, and it was like, "Hey, be careful, keep watch. He's prowling around like a lion, looking to devour." And so you think about that. It's like, "Whoa!" But you have to put yourself in the position to be devoured. You have to put yourself in a position for him to have the for him or her whatever it is to have a foothold. I think it's him. Because if you look at the masculine tense and the Greek word, it's, oh, it's it's masculine tense, I should say. It is it is a him. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I digress. The whole point of it is you have the power. God has created us to basically be able to do whatever we put our minds to, to whatever we work at. to we, what, Whether good or bad, it could work both ways. You want to apply it to something good that's not going to harm others around you and yourself, but he's given us that ability. Please, especially my 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 people here in America, my black people, please do not allow this thing to engulf your mind. You know, and you say you might say, Oh, did that? How did that conversation come up? Why are you even talking about it now?" I mean, that's like you look at media, especially since the George Floyd thing is. Black versus white. White versus black. All these things. Left versus right. When it comes to politics. All these ways of dividing us. And helping us. And like kind of social, socially engineering us to focus on stuff that some aspects are true. But then adding all this other stuff on top of it. This is not the way you're going to personally help yourself to grow if you focus on these things you're not you're gonna have difficulty achieving your goals and becoming the person that you were called to be i know you seen that, that 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 lava spit that just came out <laughs> but this is not gonna help focusing on these things so what's my call to action my call to action is to focus on you don't focus on this boogeyman, the man, the government, whatever it is that you feel like is holding you down. Focus on you. What is it in your life? What, what, steps, what baby steps can you take so you can become who you're trying to be? What ways do you need to change your mentality to become who you need to be? Who are the people that you need around you to become who you need to be? Maybe you're stuck in a rut. You know, I, I, one of my neighbors um, growing up, um, they went through hell, you know, during the, during the pandemic lost, um, she lost her husband. She was very nice to me growing up, me and my sister and my little brother and my, well, my whole family, but she, she lost her husband and then during the pandemic, like right before the pandemic. And then during the pandemic, she lost her two of her oldest kids to drugs. And that's like, it's, it's hard to see. Like how do you get back out of that? So my I, I don't even know. Like I don't. I'm, I could sit here. Like I mean, the only thing I could think of is a great church who's funda- like who's founded on the Bible, really loving and up this, uh, loving up on this. You know, my neighbor and and really pushing her and um, she's not my neighbor anymore. But like encouraging her. You know, like. I mean, it's crazy. Like, it blows my mind, you know. But how can we avoid even getting there, like, like being like you know her son or her daughter that that took the well, they didn't take their life intentionally, but how do we stop ourselves from going down into the deepest, deepest pits of hell while we're alive? You know, in the first episode, I talk about I talked about the loss of the concept of heaven and how. You know, there's a guy, Sadhguru, also, who... He doesn't believe in any God or anything like that, but he talks about that. Like, people have lost the concept of heaven in their mind, and so they're going to drugs, and they're trying to have as much pleasure as they can while they're here on Earth. Because they're like, oh, there is no heaven. But, like, they experience... I mean, to be on drugs in that way, without control... And it take. I mean, this happened to my my cousin last year. You know, died on, died on uh, drugs. And you know, how do you how do you stop from going down to those deepest pits of hell in your own life? How do you experience a piece of heaven while you're living in this crazy world that we live in? It starts with you. It starts with making the decision. If you believe in God, and you're like. You know it, it and you're like ah, well how do I do that You could always email me or message or comment below and I'll, I'll give you more information on, on the ways you can do it biblically, like things you can follow, people you can reach out to to study with you depending on the city that you're in and out studying you with the Bible, but those of us that those that not us but those that don't believe, it still starts with you, you know if you look at Jordan Peterson's twelve rules of life. I definitely recommend that book. I definitely recommend his podcast and his videos. Um, because it's just starting like he'll he'll say he'll say simply like, start with, with making your bed in the morning. Accomplish that and start building from there. Remove this concept of the boogeyman. Start taking control of your life because you can. You have the ability. Trust me. I have the demons too. I have the thoughts. I have all of that. But you can experience a piece of heaven while you're here. Of this heaven that this Bible talks about. Whether you believe or not, we all have an idea of what heaven is going supposed to be like, right? Or what it we used to have it. if we don't. And if you're an atheist, you probably have like, never had it. But you know what peace is? You have an idea what peaceful what is peaceful to you? Hopefully it's something that doesn't harm others, but but we can create these heavens, like we can create this sense of heaven while we're alive, even with all the turmoil and everything, because it starts with you. It starts with the maturing and changing your character. It just starts with one step making the decision to okay, I want to grow on to be the best version of me. It is possible because I don't have no invisible ceilings. I'm the only person that can stop me. And from there you go, you move on. Anyway, that's all the time I have for today. Uh, thank you for checking out this episode. If you uh, love what you watch, you love what you heard, please share with a friend. Comment below. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Peace. Mmm.